Welcome to an all-new episode of GVN Review. This week we'll be breaking down all-new episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, I believe this one is just titled Chapter 11. We will probably never get actual names for these episodes. Um, this was, I saw a lot of people on Twitter maybe like stupid early this morning around like five or six o'clock already deeming this the best episode of the series. Uh, not just the season, but of the series to date. And I have no objections. This one, this one, I don't know. Cause you know, what's crazy. The episode where we saw all of the Mandalorians come to help Mando is still super high on my list because it just visually was so good. Um, but this just had all the little um, Easter eggs and stuff like that. And it had my wife. So it's like, okay, you know, this is definitely high on there. But anyway, um, sorry, I'm going to go off track a lot this episode. But anyway, uh, let me introduce my panel that will be breaking down this episode with me today, starting with Tia. What's going on, Tia? Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, um, I think I watched this episode around 8.30 this morning, and I instantly messaged you, Juwan, saying, okay, I have questions, we need to talk about this. I won't say it's the best of the series, simply because the entire second season hasn't finished yet, but it's certainly... Today, okay. Um, you know, I would ha- I would have to go back and like rewatch season one to see what could hold up against this. I certainly wouldn't say that it, in my memory bank, it, it's not the best episode of the series so far, but it's certainly the best episode of season two, and it's certainly up there as far as great episodes. And let's just give it up for a second for Bryce. Alice Howard. She continues to bring it. She is a fantastic director. And as soon as I saw her name at the end of this episode, I'm like, yep, that's why it was so good. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it was it was definitely one of those episodes to where it was like you had to there was a lot of pressure in this episode. Um, you're bringing a character that a lot of people purely know just off of the cartoons um, so there's a way that they they were hoping she looked. There was a way they were hoping, you know, that she acted, that, you know, you just got her right. You got all of this right. And the fact that they she nailed everything. The fight chore- uh, choreography was beautiful. The dialogue was beautiful. Uh, I loved how the planet looked. Everything about this episode was beautiful. Um, so I got to give it up to the writing team, uh, Favreau, uh, Filoni, um, but Bryce did an amazing job and clearly directing runs in those jeans. Um, so, you know, big ups to Papa. Um, cause he definitely raised, raised a good one with, with, with Bryce. She's definitely the future of, um, of directing a hundred percent. I can't wait to see what she does on her own. Um, she shocked me the same way Olivia Wilde shocked me with the, um, that comedy that she directed. It was just one of those things where it's like, you don't really know the talent that these people have outside of acting, but once they showcase it, who is it good? Um, AJ, what's going on, AJ? What's up? What's up? My favorite uh, brother of the force. I love this episode. 100%. Uh, I agree with everyone. Before. 100%. Yep, that... I don't know, but that's what I'm saying right now. 10 hundred percent. I love this 
episode. Um, the best episode I agree with. Um, for now, hopefully episode five will beat it. Or what is it? No, twelve. Right? Whatever. Uh, Doesn't matter. It's the next episode for chapter twelve. Yeah, the next episode, whatever it is. Hopefully that will beat this episode. I doubt it because this episode was a masterpiece for both fans and just audiences that wanted to watch The Mandalorian. Um, we got Bo-Katan, Juwan's wife, <laughs> and, sec- and second queen in all of Star Wars. All right, don't get disrespectful. You were doing so well. You were doing so well. <laughs> it, like I said, the second queen in all of Star I Wars. you change your avatar. AJ, I hate you. <laughs> um, no, but I, I will say whenever we get Ahsoka, it, it will definitely top this episode. Um, that That's without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, purely because if it's 100% Rosario Dawson, um, so much comes with us seeing Ahsoka. Uh, it could give us our answers of, is Sabine with her? Uh, is Sabine still alive? And if we get Sabine and Ahsoka, it will definitely beat out this episode. Not for me, but I could understand if someone made that argument. Um, it would be very fair. I mean, seeing a Jedi and seeing Mando like interact with a Jedi, being raised thinking that they were purely the enemy. Um, is she just- isn't a Jedi, though. Say it again? She isn't a Jedi, though. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) You carry a lightsaber, you're a Jedi. (laughs) When it comes to the Mandalorians, you carry a lightsaber, you've kind of made that abundantly clear where you come from. Um, But no, all right, let's get into this episode. Um, We start off with uh, everyone sleep in the ship. Baby Yoda sleeping is probably one of the most comforting things ever. Um, he is just—he is so adorable. It, it's crazy how adorable this Yoda is. Um, knowing how ugly the older Yoda looks, I know. <laughs> able to just like make him younger. Well, obviously not the same one, but have a younger version of Yoda, and it looks so adorable. Is I mean. John, you never know. Like the Yoda that we know could have been like the ugly duckling of his species. Maybe they all just are really super cute, even when they're older. I mean, it could I don't be- know what you're talking about. Yoda was that bitch. He was a myth. He got all the bitches. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if, if you think that there's only one Jedi that was pulling that was pulling all the women, and it was clearly Obi Wan. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, Obi Wan didn't care about anyone besides what Satine. That's just Satine. That I just said besides Satine. No, Obi Wan I think had another interest in in, in the but again. They're not going to tell you every little fling that Obi-Wan has, but you're not telling me Obi-Wan wasn't out there. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was, he was, uh, AJ. he was, he was faithful. He AJ, was faithful. They say that <laughs> Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan looked like Jesus. You know, he was out here in these streets. Come on. <laughs> that beard, he was out here in these streets. <laughs> I got to give it with Chuan here. There's hey, no hey, way. He, he, he looks cold. like Jesus and he acts like Jesus. Thanks to the Jedi code. But uh, that's all I'm going to say. Obi-Wan was out here. Yo, yo, you know, <laughs> hold, on. hold on. We're going to get back to this episode. You know what's crazy about Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan was standing there telling Anakin, like, yo, I see you're involved <laughs> in, like, in, like uh, Padme, but, like, you definitely shouldn't do that. Only for Anakin to find out 
wait a minute. You was with the team. <laughs> like, yeah, but do as I say, not as I do. That that was a long time ago. <laughs> a galaxy long, far, far away. Like, Anakin's like, it, it wasn't a long time ago. You just asked me to come with you to the planet to help save her. Like, it's it's recent. Yeah, um, you can't you, you can't be over your first love. No, never, never. And that was clearly his first love, like Anakin's is Padme. Um, but um, no, and uh, Obi Wan was definitely out here slinging it. Let, let, let's not even remotely act like uh, Obi Wan wasn't. He's just too beautiful not to. But um, <laughs> all right. So we uh, we see Baby Yoda and Mando. Um, everybody's sleeping the ship. Uh, we then see, and I'm looking at it now. Yoda waking up is so adorable. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> we see them approaching a planet that. For a second, I was like, are they landing on Earth? And then I'm like, there is no Earth in, like, Star Wars. <laughs> so I'm like, no, that's not Earth. But it looked just like Earth. Um, we see them make a crash landing on this planet. Um, so, yeah, I'll go to you first. Walk me through um, the first, like, or oh, the beginning of this episode, them crash landing um, in... Uh, Mando reuniting his uh, passenger with her husband. Um, I have to tell you, in my head as I was watching it, I really thought that the container that can uh, had the frog lady's eggs in them was just going to crash and shatter everywhere. And I was like, yeah. in my head, I was going to because no, because as the thing was uh, cr- as the ship was crash landing, you saw the container shaking, and you even saw the frog lady look back as if she was really concerned. So I was like, oh my god, what if it the cra- you know smashes and breaks? and then that whole entire mission was for naught pretty much but i guess then baby yoda would have had a lot of food by the way oh my god okay that was the funniest thing to me right because wasn't it last week when we were talking we were saying yo mando has to feed baby yoda more and literally baby yoda was whining the entire time and he's like don't worry i'll feed you and it's like (laughs) to me it was a confirmation like yo Din is not freaking feeding Baby Yoda enough at all. So you have that. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, to be fair, Mando spends most of his day trying to make sure this child doesn't either find its way to death or get kidnapped (laughs) on a regular basis. So it's like, Mando's like, I don't even eat. And it's like, relax. I'm going to feed you when I can, but we just make sure we don't die first. Which it seems like every episode, Baby Yoda is put into some sort of scenario that he's very close to death. Like, we'll get into it later in the episode, but there was that one scene where I was like, oh my god, what the hell? Stop trying to kill Baby Yoda off. My nerves cannot take it. But yeah, so they crash land, Frog Lady gets uh, reunited reunited with Frogman and it's I'll tell you that I was really worried that they were going to make those two kiss and I was very disturbed at that whole premise did you you want to see that yes no no that would have been the equivalent of like when the giant mouse and the cockroach kiss at the end of Doom Patrol season one I was really dreading that was greatness Excuse you. That was, that was disgusting. That was disgusting. AJ, I'm really wondering what about you right now. Um, but yeah, so, John, I can't. Those are my thoughts. 
Yeah, no, I can definitely tell you. That's not high on my list of things. No. Uh, I mean, no. I wouldn't have been upset if they showed it, but I'm definitely okay that they did not. Um, it's just weird. It's, it's, I don't really need to see it. A five minute. Um, a five-minute makeup session. That's what we need. That's disgusting. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever need any of that. I don't even like to visualize it. So we're no, to exactly. I'm thinking about late. it. Right it's now. too late. I already did it. It's right. so wrong. We're gonna move on, AJ. AJ, I want you to walk us through. Obviously, we see that they reunite. And can I say this? One thing I want, I want John Favreau. I want someone to ask John Favreau. Why is it Baby Yoda ate like four eggs? But that container looks like it is not missing any. That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. It's so weird. It's so weird. But anyway, um, AJ, um, <laughs> did you laugh when like <laughs> um, Tia? You, I, I'm, I'm uh, piggybacking off of where you left off. Um, he kind of just looks down at Baby Yoda and it's kind of like, relax, relax, re- relax. Like I, I know you think because the eggs are leaving, you'll never eat again. But relax. <laughs> Um, that's really how Baby Yoda was whining, as if that's it. That was the only source of food on the ship. It's over. That's the only. The struggle was real. Um, but AJ, the most important, well, one of the most important scenes at the beginning of this episode is we see Sasha Banks's character that we don't know who she is at the time uh, pop up in in a robe, um, which I I will say in when the trailer came out, I thought she was maybe a Jedi. Um, I think we all did. But she's in robes. Um, Mando looks over and she disappears. Uh, Mando then makes his way over to where uh, I'm going to piggyback off to you. Frog Lady um, tells Mando where he can find someone who can help him find the Mandalorians he's looking for. Um, AJ, walk me through how hilarious it is to see this thing pop up out of the soup onto Baby Yoda's face. (laughs) Mando's like, stop playing with your food. And Yoda's like, I'm not playing with it. He jumped on my face. Like, don't yell at me. Um, But most importantly, AJ, we see the setup of Mando finding out where he needs to go to find um, this Mandalorian. Yeah. um, That playing with the food scene was hilarious. It's the best part of the entire show by far. No, I'm just playing. But yeah, um, just seeing that setup and just like always, there's always going to be some type of betrayal in Star Wars or someone. So to that, for that, it, I saw that coming. I knew that they were going to betray him. Um, the one thing that did piss me off, even though I was annoyed by the child last episode, is when the guy just hit the um whatever it's called the um whatever baby Yoda was in into the ocean and when you saw that monster eat it I'm not gonna lie my heart stopped for a second. I had a heart attack I, I was like yeah. oh yeah it that I, I was pissed off and then when you see um then go into the water and they shut it and they God, what is it? They just started stabbing at him just for the um Beskar armor. That that also um tells me that not only are they trying to get the child, but th- there's a lot of people that want the Bes- Beskar armor as well. And okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, finish up. No, you can you can go. 
I was just going to say that um, I will say it was a little fishy how how many times he kept saying, yeah, bring the kid over. Yeah, bring the kid over. Yeah, bring the kid over. It's like, okay, all right, you keep saying that. Like, <laughs> what is your extreme interest in, like, this kid coming closer to whatever you're trying to show Mando? Um, so that kind of made me kind of go, all right, I don't really trust this guy. Um, but I didn't you know what? I didn't see kicking Yoda into the water. <laughs> like, I didn't see that coming. Like, you know what this show has proven? Like, how many people out in the galaxy are willing to kill kids? Because it's, like, in their head, there's none of that stopping them. They're just like, I'm just going to freaking putt this uh, little child into the mouths of this ravenous beast in the water. Yeah, no, I, like, just like AJ and you said, uh, my freaking heart dropped. I was like, oh, my God, no. You, this can't <laughs> be the end of Yoda this quickly. <laughs> oh, God. Huge shouts out to Mando for uh, his very quick reaction time. Because I don't know if you guys caught it because it's so fast. Obviously, the pod was open when he was kicked mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. But right when the monster went to swallow up the the, um, the pod, Mando hit a button and it closed immediately. Um, oh, yeah. I thought I thought it was the child that closed it. No, he just ha- he had his hands on, on the outside. He didn't hit the button. In, 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 okay, okay, okay. Um... So that's very fast reaction time because if you're any slower, that monster has Baby Yoda, and that's that's a wrap for him. Um, so very quick reaction time by Mando, but that's why he's the goat. Um, Tia, walk me through, and I'm gonna go back to you, AJ, before I just start gushing. <laughs> Tia, when you see um, the other Mandalorians show up in um, in in rescue Mando. Oh, that was really cool. Um, first of all, I was thinking to myself, okay, how is Mando going to get himself out of this? Because if you remember when he jumps in, then the, the gate gets closed over him. They're trying to drown him, essentially. So, I mean, we've seen Mando be able to get his way out of certain sticky situations, but this seemed to be really challenging. And as soon as you see um at first like honestly because i didn't know what was really going on at first i was thinking to myself is this someone that we've seen before in mando's life coincidentally coming to rescue him someone like uh you know gina carano's character or someone right just because that's where my head was at first and then when you start seeing the armor and i have to tell you that because you guys know i haven't seen the cartoons like i watched sections of the clone wars i've never watched rebels so i didn't know what their armor looked like beforehand but can i tell you i think it's the coolest freaking armor like i almost like it better than mando's armor even though his is really nice as well i just love the blue and the design of it really cool um so it was really cool seeing these three um you know rescue him because it's kind of like all right he was looking for other mandalorians and now they're the ones who are saving him so i really like that um i don't know john if you want me to go into the the reveal but i had some thoughts on that because just i thought it was funny um yeah no give your thoughts and then i'll go to aj and then i'll go last go ahead I was just going to say, I found this thing with Mando where it seems like he's, and I hate using this word, it's just the only word that I can think of, gatekeeping the lore of the Mandalorians. So it's like 
you know, he had the reaction in the first episode when Cobb took his helmet off and he instantly was like, you're not a Mandalorian. Where did you get that armor? Like really angry. And we obviously saw that Cobb wasn't a Mandalorian. But in this case, they take off the helmet. And again, he looks like he's literally about to shit himself. And he's like, where did you get that armor? And she she was like, excuse fucking me? Like, who are you um, to tell me that shit? And it was really interesting to see that there's certain, say, like, uh, differences within the Mandalorian culture and that maybe Mando doesn't know everything about their culture because he's so shocked that there are mandalorians out there who are freely taking their helmets off and not taking his bullshit and trying to like pretty much explain to them why they're not real mandalorians well it's it's abundantly clear that he only knows about his tribe and his tribe only right as i'll let aj um get into here um, after the Great War, the Mandalorians literally kind of separated into factions. Uh, Duchess Satine had her base in Mandalore uh, with her base of Mandalorians. But obviously, if you know, if, excuse me, if you watch the cartoon, you know um, of Pre Vizsla, um, they, you know, he separated from what Duchess Satine was doing and they formed their own, uh, what was it, the Death Watch, AJ? AJ, you there? All right. Well, they formed pre-visible. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, <laughs> I have myself on mute. Um, I think, I think pre-visible was the one that was the head of the Death Watch. If right. I remember that correctly. Yeah. So and then were- he, and then he controlled. Well, yeah, he controlled Mandalore for a little bit until Darth oh, Maul. Yeah. Until Darth uh-huh. Maul so- came over. So when Bo-Katan said, oh, you must be a child of the Watch, like, is that real? Is that a real thing? The Watch is a real thing. The Death Watch is what uh, they were. But what what she was trying to say was, there's only that one specific group of Mandalorians that believe in the old ways of you don't show your face ever. They're basically the purists. If if you think of Christians, they're the purists, basically. Right, exactly, Right. right. They believe in they believe in it to its purest form. And what um in what she was what Bo was trying to say is, you know, we've progressed since those times. You guys yeah. have regressed since those times. Um, so you went back to the old ways, we progressed to the new ways. And the new ways are it's too goddamn hot to wear this damn. Well, like I, I really loved how because again, Mandal- the Mandalorian Mando really acts not superior, obviously, but in this very, um, like very proud of this whole thing that he's involved in right and i like how Bo was just kind of like almost rolled her eyes at him where he's like oh you're one of those (laughs) like she's so is like not having it with mando i just love the whole introduction the dynamic there it was really interesting to see well the thing is i like those two characters together because they're basically the polar opposite of each other mando is more of a quiet type and Bo is more of the talkative she's not very talkative but she's more like what's the word i I guess talkative is a good way to put it but she's smart in the way she talks and nobody ever gets won over 
by um the Mandalorian per se. And he some I guess he is thinking like, okay, she when when he says that you guys aren't basically he says you guys aren't a Mandalorian <laughs> and what going on what you were talking about, Tia. She she gave him an airport basically. He was like, excuse me? Yes, uh-huh. I am. One hundred percent I am. And he was like, uh uh, <laughs> you can just tell he was like okay I, i'm gonna be quiet at this moment so yeah it was such an interesting dynamic because din uh Dejarin has been adopted into this mm-hmm. culture of mandalorian whereas Bo was born into this whole thing so it's a very interesting dynamic when din feels so um like as if he really is you know he is a mandalorian he feels so knowledgeable of this and then he's face to face with someone who really is legitimately a mandalorian and it was just so interesting it really fed into the lore of this world really helped progress the knowledge of it and i just really enjoyed all of that and i'm sorry i know we took up so much time of that but i just i love it for me for me it's mandalorian is basically in culture shock right now like he believes one thing and he only thinks that's the one way this is the way basically right and with bo katan just telling him what it really is he he just can't believe it at this point in time because that's not what he was taught as a a foundling basically he was only taught one way of the mandalore and he thinks that's the only way but in reality he and i think he knows this himself and that's why i think the armor is going to come back soon and he's going to question her a lot which i cannot wait to see so i this basically progressed um then so much in this episode yeah what he doesn't understand is, again, he was adopted into it and, and raised to believe what he believes. But this is this is Bo's bloodline. Her sister was the Duchess of Mandalore. Um, this is in her blood to be a Mandalorian. This means everything uh, to Bo. Um, AJ, you know that watching the show, how much this means to Bo to be a Mandalorian. Um, so if she truly believed that wearing a, a mask at all times was the way, she would do it. That's how Mandalorian she is. Um, so it lets you know that, obviously, there is a whole core of Mandalorians that are like, yep, nope, not really interested in this mask-wearing thing all the time. Um, but, AJ, I want to ask you before we go any further, me and you were gushing over this before. First of all, I'm looking at this right now, and I'm going to cry again. She looks so freaking perfect. Um, but how amazed were you? The only one, like, out of the three of them, the only suit that looks the worst is the guys. Uh, it's just so plain and so black looking. It looks, honestly, closer to Boba Fett than it does uh, a Mandalorian. Um, but how impressed were you with the designs and how accurate um, Filoni and uh, Favreau got these these costumes? Yeah, I, I love the designs of it. Um I wish the guy's armor, it does remind me of Boba Fett, which is a little boring for me. Right. Um, basically, it's just blue and what? what is it, gray? Yeah, it's grayish blue, black. Nothing else. No yeah. signs on it. Nothing. Which is fine. I, I think guys are a little bit less creative than women anyway. 
sometimes now I'm not going to say all the time, but uh, with the other with the other girl, um, Sasha Banks character, I, I can't find it. I think she has a little design on her helmet as well, but regardless, uh, it looks it a little bit. Yeah, it, hers, hers doesn't look too different than uh, doesn't look that much different than uh, than Bo's. Yeah, but you can distinct distinctly tell that Bose right. is a lot better than the two of them, which it should be because she's Bo-Katan and she deserves everything. <laughs> basically. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love the design of um the Mandalorian armor in general. So I really can't say much other than that. Oh, looking at this again just oh makes me want to cry. <laughs> um and also so correct me if I'm wrong, I tried to do a little bit of research just to familiarize myself with this whole shtick, um, but didn't Katie Sackoff also voice Bo-Katan in Rebels? Yes. So that's really cool that they got her to play the live-action version. Mm. God bless Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so we move on. We obviously see Mando disagree with um with Bo-Katan and and you know their differences on how a Mandalorian should go about their way. Um, Mando makes it clear there's only one way. And Bo makes it clear there's definitely other ways. Um, so we see Mando uh, dip off from them, and we see him get surrounded by these pirates that are looking for revenge for one of their uh one of their brothers died in. The uh, the dust up that Mando had on on the ship with the pirates. Um, we obviously see the uh, Bo-Katan and her crew help out Mando once again. Um, I will say I think it's hilarious that they call Baby Yoda a pet. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I don't know why I think that's so funny, but it's hilarious to me. Um, mainly because Mando feeds into it at the end of the episode when he's like, I have enough pets. Like, it, we don't need more. Um, I thought that was hilarious. But anyway, we see Bo-Katan uh, talk Mando down into helping her with her mission um, and letting him know that he can help, she can help, sorry, Mando find the Jedi that he's looking for if he helps her on her mission. AJ, walk me through your thoughts on this mission that uh, Bo-Katan leads Mando on. Yeah. God, where can I start? Okay. Um, First off, that shot where all three of them are on top of the ship, um, before they even start the mission, I think it was a badass shot um, overall. But, But going into it, the moment they set set on the ship where they're going to just take over. I thought it was amazing. Um, Troopers thought they were pirates, which I thought was pretty funny. And they were just kicking ass. Well, that moment, the moment, um, that moment where they were in, in the ship and taking over reminded me of the Darth Maul moment. Um, hallway scene. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty bad. Yeah, Star had, had. Star Wars with hallway scenes is amazing. <laughs> Star so, Wars on the low is giving Daredevil a run for its money. Yes, mm-hmm. a hallway scene. It's just like Daredevil who, bro? 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Darth Maul. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I haven't seen the Star Wars one, so I, I can't. I was going to say, you haven't seen it. And technically, AJ, that Darth Vader scene in the end of Rebel, uh, not Rebels, um, Rogue One. Rogue One is a hallway scene. That's in yeah. the hallway of the hangar. That's a hallway scene. So you add that with the Darth Maul one and now this Mandalorian one. I don't know, man. I don't know. All Star Wars needs is one more, and I'm like Daredevil who? <laughs> you, you need to stop. You need to stop playing, John. <laughs> one more, T. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm hey, if it's if of- it's two master, no, I would say if it's one master Jedi versus a Sith, and there's a hallway scene, and it's one take. That's when I would say Daredevil who. We could be getting Ooh. close to it, AJ. We could be getting close to it, bro. Somebody do it. I don't even know who you two are. <laughs> we've seen we've seen too many hallway scenes in the course of a year and a half. Press oh, even even before they actually start, when they get into it, and when you see Bo Katan just stab that trooper, it was sexy. I'm, I'm not, it, it, it was greatness. It was okay. it was greatness. Come on, man! You already know it's Bo Katan. Bo Katan and sexy go hand in hand. Come on. Don't even have to- <laughs> Um, but Tia, I want to go to you because I like to go to you for my humor scene. Walk me through, Tia. There's two scenes that I immediately thought of you about. The first one was when Sasha Banks' character was eating, excuse me, that worm and was just like making eye contact with Baby Yoda as she was eating it. And he was just like, man, F you. Like, I'm hungry. Like, share that. Um, and then the second part, Tia, that I thought of you was when um mando drops him off uh to the the, the frog people we got to find their names so the frog people um and well on imdb it says frog lady oh so. perfect it, perfect frog lady then um he drops him off to frog lady tia tell me you didn't die laughing seeing um baby yoda lean over oh wait did we lose tia oh shoot we lost tia we lost tia we lost tia where's my phone let me see where she went um, go ahead, AJ, and talk a little bit more about how dope um, that fighting sequence was with the uh, Bo-Katan and her crew. Okay, well, that that moment with the fight sequences was badass, but there was actually a little bit of hints of a little comedic elements in it, which I really loved. That moment where the ca- um, one of the captains trapped the Mandalorians in the cargo bay, bay. and. and- <laughs> And he, he told the captain that he trapped him. And he was like, where? He said, oh, the cargo bay. <laughs> He's like, wait. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, Tia, we got you back. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, I just noticed, by the way, what you were talking about, John, that AJ changed his avatar to Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he, he thinks he's slick. It's okay. Next time I'm on this episode, I'll be both tanned out. I felt so bad. You were like, Tia, I go to you for the humor. And then all of a sudden, it's like you stopped talking. And I saw my Wi-Fi trying to, like, kick back up. And I was like, oh, come on now. (laughs) So what I was saying was the two humorous scenes I wanted to kick it over to you for. uh, For you to give me your thoughts on those. And then uh, heading into this fight battle that we we, uh, were in. Um, Sasha Banks eating that slug and then making direct eye contact with Baby Yoda. Hilarious, because he's looking at her like, "Yo, you know I'm hungry. Like, share some of that. Like, what's wrong with you? Don't just stare at me and eat that." 
And the second funny part I wanted you to, to break down with me was uh, when Mando drops uh, Baby Yoda off to Frog Lady, and uh, she kind of puts him on, on her lap, and he's just, his face is against the eggs. And, like, I bet the Frog Lady was like, oh, how adorable. He's looking to make friends. And Baby Yoda's thinking, I want to eat every one of them. Yeah, I half expected Mando, when he dropped Baby Yoda off, to go, okay, behave and don't eat any of her eggs but then i guess i realized that frog lady didn't know that baby yoda ate any of her eggs so that would have maybe been revealing to it, he did say it though i thought he did i thought it was mostly like behave you know what i mean or something oh, yeah. that was his way of telling baby yoda no i know but it was like he didn't say it like out loud i just i right, like, yeah. The, the idea of him going like and stop eating her eggs uh, I just no as you said it was like hilarious him just pressing his face against the glass and just staring like I want to eat one of those so bad I again I really thought that Manto was going to come back and he was going to and the scene that he would have come back to was frog lady crying the freaking frog man trying to chase baby Yoda around the house and he's like what happened you just see the encasing cracked open with water everywhere all the eggs are gone because baby Yoda had eaten them all that's really where my mind went um say if you're John Favreau it's good you didn't do that because he got so much flack the internet was trying to cancel Baby Yoda, and I said to myself, are you kidding? We're trying to cancel now a fictional animatronic character for eating? Uh, yeah, no. AJ led the, he led the riot. I know hey, he did. Oh, I know hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I did not. <laughs> I was not hating on Baby Yoda. I was just annoyed with him. <laughs> You were calling him like a murderer. He was everything. murdering. But see, this—that sort of uh, you know talk right there incited the cancellation. I culture. was just speaking what I saw. It <laughs> happened. The world <laughs> heard AJ and was like, "Yeah, he's right." Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. But um, as far as Sasha Banks's character, yeah, that it's so funny when you have like she's a beautiful woman, right? Yes. But then, but then her eating. The, oh, all right, AJ, simmer down. <laughs> Do you need a moment? <laughs> I'll mute myself. Okay. Um, but, you know, she's this very beautiful woman eating something that just is so disgusting looking and then her not breaking eye contact it's like you know what that's a power Sexy. move right there <laughs> it, it, was, it was a little it it was weird because it was a little seductive and i was just like why is she just making so much <laughs> eye contact with baby yoda while eating this like she wasn't making eye contact with baby yoda she was making eye contact with me walk me through as aj was saying the the humorous scene of uh you locked them where in the car oh i thought that was so funny okay wait the where <laughs> so everybody fly out so first of all i have to mention i was super excited to see who the I guess, what would you call him? The commander of that ship? Yeah. Um, 
that actor, Titus Wellifer, he's been in a bunch of things. He was in Supernatural. Um, he has his own show, Bosch. He's been in like a ton of other things that I can't mention right now. He should have or, been nominated uh, for Gone Baby Gone. He was phenomenal. Yeah, he, he's a phenomenal actor. And so I had no idea he was supposed to even be in one episode of The Mandalorian. So as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, shit. So that was really cool. I thought he played his character really well. And I liked this whole... To me, it felt not, you know, obviously the whole show is Amanda, you know, is a Star Wars show, but this scene in particular felt like a Star Wars theme, if that makes any sense. You have the stormtroopers, you have uh, these uh, soldiers in their uniform and everything. So it just felt really good. I love that scene, it, but that actor, Titus, really pulled off the perfect facial expression when the guy's like, we trapped them where the car and you just see his face and he's so done. Like he's so done. He's like, I have the biggest idiots on the ship right now because it's like, they just went all flying all those guys. So I thought that was freaking great. It's like, Oh, you thought that that was your advantage. No, you fucked up. Oh, a hundred percent. And Tia, you hit that, uh, the nail right on the head. I know you've never seen it, but if you watch star Wars rebels, Mm-hmm. It felt like an episode of that. Yeah, it was really good. AJ, you can attest to that. This felt like Rebels. This felt like one of those missions where Sabine was like, I got it. Don't worry, Kanan. You know, I don't need you or Ezra. Me and uh, Zeb will go handle it. And they just get themselves into all kinds of trouble. Um, this is exactly what this felt like. But i tell you this right now. Seeing Bo-Katan, I will say this. Her demeanor is is a bit different than what we saw in Clone Wars. Um, in Clone Wars, she was very much aggressive, very much kind of like isolated a bit. Um, this Bo-Katan kind of seems a little bit more uh, um, open to the idea of teamwork, open to the idea of um, it means more to lead your people than what her mindset was in Clone Wars. Um, but AJ, walk me through the swerve that uh, Bo-Katan gives um, Mando. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, well, going off what you were saying with um, her change in personality, basically, and her actions and all of that, I think with the it was due to the Siege of Mandalore. It just changed her whole character on a deep level uh because it was because of the season mandalore basically and she knew she had to change and become more like a little bit more like her sister and still to have that teamwork that political side of her just as smartness um side and to be just good at warfare as well so she had to combine those two aspects and her character just to make her a better person and a better leader for Mandalore. So for me, it was because of season Mandalore is the reason why her character changed so much. I completely agree. Um, Tia, now the big, not shock, but the big surprise of this episode outside of us seeing the queen herself, the number one queen herself, Bo-Katan, is Moff Gideon popping up. Oh yeah, that was so dope, man. <laughs> and pretty much being, it seems like in a smaller vacuum, Moff Gideon has um, 
replace the power vacuum that um, Palpatine has left. AJ, you know what I'm thinking? And, and I'm going to go right back to you, Tia, because I want you to break down this scene. Mm-hmm. AJ, you know what my first thought was when I saw Moff Gideon pop up? I think I know who he's working for, AJ. Who? Can you hear me? Who? I think he's working for a certain fella that's that's the color blue. Oh, Thrawn? Oh. I think he's working for General Thrawn. Or Admiral Thrawn. Is it Admiral Thrawn? It probably is Admiral Thrawn. But well, well, we still don't know where Thrawn is at this point. No, 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 no. Remember, in Rebels, this is about <laughs> five to nine years after the events of that. Um, so we don't know. Again, remember, even with uh, Fett, we didn't know what happened to Fett. They answered it here. Or they will answer it here, I assume. So to me, uh, Thrawn could be the same thing. But there's no way Moff Gideon... Um, is running things on his own. So either Palpatine is, is controlling uh, Moff Gideon or I, I wholeheartedly believe Thrawn is. Um, and Thrawn is the better character to bring in into the Mandalorian at some point. The ultimate strategist taking on the ultimate assassin, um, that just has season three written all over it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sticking with that. I think Thrawn is behind um, everything that's going on. Um, but Tia, I want you to walk me through. Moff Gideon pretty much tells his crew, hey, you guys know what to do. If, if they already took half the ship, they took the whole ship. You know what to do. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's kamikaze time. Walk me through the, uh, the ending of, of this big uh, standoff, Tia, as the, um, the, the general pretty much is just kind of like, all right, well, time for us to die. Yeah, I, first of all, you know how much I love Giancarlo Esposito, and I've been waiting to see Moff Gideon. Even seeing him in a holographic uh, manner was so cool. And that was a really well done scene between them with um, the general saying, we need your orders. They've already taken the cargo. And Moff just like, well, if they've already taken the cargo, they have the, the aircraft, you know? And that just, God, it it just goes to show the radical zealousness that they believe in, that he, the general, just without flinching, just like, yep, no, I know what to do. And he 100%, he, you know, kills his two subordinates and he goes to scuttle the ship, which, by the way, shouldn't have been funny because it's not funny, but I saw someone... Uh, make a meme out of it saying uh, it reminded them of when Steve put, you know, had to put the ship in the water in the first Avenger. So that's what it reminded me of in that moment there. But yeah, no, I mean, again, that just goes to show you what their mindset is um, that he was just so willing to do that. And we see the Mandos, uh, now they're all Mandos, by the way, um, finally get their way into the cockpit to try to stabilize the ship and i believe it was bo katan who um if my memory serves me correctly she's she asked the general where the dark saber is so it's like okay you you learn that that's what she's looking for and pretty much he uh the general it's like one of those things where it's like um you know, you don't let them take you alive, right? Because, and I love, I, I don't remember the exact uh, line there, but she's pretty much just like, 
you know, if you tell me, I'll let you live. And he's like, yeah, but Moff Gideon won't pretty much knowing that. So it's like, he'd rather just kill himself than have this say painful death probably by Moff Gideon. And he takes essentially the spaced version of cyanide and kills himself before he can reveal anything. And I, that was a really say, um, dark sort of progression of events there um really heart pounding i felt that this whole sequence of events did action really well did suspense really well and it gave a darker sort of feel to the mandalorian which i always appreciate so yeah no i really liked it aj the biggest part of this episode is the name drop Walk me through after um, Bo-Katan and, and her team. We will not call them the Mandos. Um, <laughs> after Bo-Katan and her team secure the aircraft, uh, Mando says, all right, I gave you what you need. Oh, I knew you guys freak out, by the way, by this. As soon as she said the name, I was like, yeah, Jawan, AJ, and all of them are probably freaking out. <laughs> I, I, it's crazy because I remember... I think it was last week's episode. I, I think I was saying the biggest thing for me is to see if any of these rumors were true. So to see Katie being, um, uh, you know, the rumor that Katie was, was Bo-Katan, great. So that really assures me that um, Rosario Dawson is Ahsoka Tano. So I'm like, all right, so that secures it. Like that, that lets me know we'll be getting Ahsoka either next week or the week after, or the week after, excuse me. And we finally get to see what a Jedi looks like in the world of the Mandalorian. Um, so I'm like, of course I went bananas. I, I think I cried again when I, when I heard that. Um, I don't ever mind saying how often I cry watching stuff that um, I just never really thought I, I, I'd ever get to see. Um, so AJ, when the name drop happened, I know you just went like your eyes rolled to the back of your head. You started like convulsing, like you just went crazy. Um, walk me through hearing that and also talk a little bit about, um, cause I know me and you wanted to kind of talk about this too. Um, the confusion on this dark saber and how it's, it's transitioned through so many hands since the last time we saw it, which was in rebels and Sabine having it. Yeah. Uh, first off, Ahsoka is a goddess. You, you say, um, so, um, Bo Katan is number one queen. Okay, you can have that. It's so good, it's a goddess. There we go. That's said and done. Um, yeah, th- there was a lot of information where she is right now, uh, where Ahsoka is right now. She's on um, the forest planet of Corvus. I don't think we've seen that planet live action or in animated animation yet at all. Not that I know. Uh, yeah, I don't, so this will be a new planet that we'll be getting in Mandalorian, which is great as always. It's always good to have new planets. Um, but yeah, um, going on to the timeline, the last time we've seen Ahsoka was, what was it? With, at least with Sabine, was with, not Sabine, sorry, um, Bo Katan was in uh, Clone Wars. Uh, on with the siege of Mandalore, which was uh, 19 years before Battle of Yavin, and then we move on to Rebels is when we actually see 
Ahsoka again with Sabine. That was the last. That was the last last time we saw her. Um, and this is set. The Man- Mandalorian is set nine years after Battle of Yavin. So I'm a little confused um, on where and how Bo-Katan still knows where um, where Ahsoka is at this point in time. Maybe, maybe they kept in touch, but with i guess that would make the most sense they they always just kept in touch because they were actually like really good friends and all um so that makes sense but if that's not true i'm not sure how she knows where ahsoka is at this point in time uh since the last time we see ahsoka is is her and sabine are trying to find ezra i will say i will say i I can maybe connect the dots of this, AJ. Um, you can assume through the events of the final season of Star, uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Ahsoka and Bo became really close, right? Mm. So you're like, all right, they're really good friends. It's not hard to believe that they probably kept in some kind of contact. Excuse me, some kind of contact. And then once Ahsoka met another Mandalorian in, um, in Satine, uh, Sabine, sorry. Sabine, yeah. Um, it would probably make sense that uh, when they went off to find Ezra, they may be connected with um, Bo-Katan for a little bit. Um, you know, because it's the only other person in the galaxy I know Ahsoka trusts wholeheartedly. Um, so, I, I mean, it makes sense. Ahsoka, you got to remember, Ahsoka went from having a galaxy full of friends to maybe like two <laughs> after the events of or- uh, Order 66. Um, so she probably only trusted maybe two or three people at that time, Bo-Katan mm-hmm. probably being one of them. So they probably remained really close. Um, and I assume once Ahsoka became friends with Sabine, that kind of brought everything uh, closer together where it was like, you know, she probably reached out to Bo-Katan, see if Bo-Katan heard anything about a Jedi out there or anything like that. Um, so it, it, it makes sense that they that that, that also leads to the question is why is Ahsoka still hiding if at this point at, at this point she really shouldn't be hiding um there's no one hunting down Jedi or um her since um Darth Vader's dead yep uh as far as the Palpatine is dead as far as we know at this point in time right so I don't think anybody's hunting Jedi. Maybe they're still looking for them since they have uh, what those droids still out, just looking for whatever. Uh, so I guess that's one reason. Maybe, maybe not. So well, on this, we all think that the Empire is done. Um, right. Everybody thinks the Empire just disbanded. Um, at this point in time, the Mandalorian, no, sorry. Yeah, basically everybody in the Mandalorian thinks um, the Empire is done long gone since Palpatine died. So we thought at least. So that that's my question is why is she still hiding? The biggest, is she hiding from someone? The biggest thing would be, do we know that she's hiding? Whether she just wants to be secluded. Like, she just doesn't want to be a part of anything that's going on. She's been hidden away for so long. Um, but like you said, it still raises the question of, 
she had a mission the last time we saw her, um, which was to find uh, Ezra with Sabine. So if she is hiding out, what the hell changed that quickly that you were just like, you know what? No, nah, I'm good. Nah, I, forget about the mission. I, I just want to stow away. I don't want to have to worry about anything. Um, that that's definitely a question I get, you know, that, that needs to be raised, but we don't know. We don't have to really go into that much speculation because I do believe it'll be answered next week. If we get Ahsoka, um, I believe they'll have to, through dialogue, just answer a few questions that a lot of people have, which me and you were talking AJ earlier today. That's the biggest one. Why is she hidden away? She doesn't need to be there. There's, there's no one hunting Jedi. It's not illegal to be a Jedi anymore. No one cares. Um, so that's a huge question to be asked. But um, no, this was a this was a great structured episode. We now know Mando has uh, knows exactly where he's going. Knows exactly where he's going. Knows how to find the Jedi. Um, the funniest thing is going to be when Mando gets there and he's like, "All right, um, I was supposed to find somebody that's a Force user to take this kid. Here you go." And Ahsoka's like, "Um, ah, don't leave that shit here. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't train Jedi. No, that's not me. Sorry, take him somewhere else." Or, or maybe she does. Maybe she's with Ezra and they decide to, maybe they decide to take care of foundlings not foundlings goodness not man boy um they just take care of younglings they find tell you this this show has done a great job not being that easy it's a good chance that he finds ahsoka and something happens because remember in the trailer he goes back to his old team and asks for help so i do believe at some point moth gideon probably kidnaps baby yoda um and he has to enlist in the only people he can trust to help him get him back um, I do wholeheartedly believe that if he finds Ahsoka, Ahsoka will tell him, I have no interest in keeping this child. Like, not even a little bit. Um, she made it very clear that even when she saw Ezra, like, the first time Ezra found her, I'm still not uh, your typical Jedi to where I'm like, yeah, let's round up people and be, a, you know, and, and be in order again. Like, no, she still doesn't believe in that. So I don't think she would take on a, um, a Padawan. Ahsoka just doesn't she doesn't really scream that to me Um, Ahsoka maybe around season 5 AJ I would tell you yeah that Ahsoka's prime to have a Padawan and do a great job as a teacher but this Ahsoka we saw in Rebels there's no interest in that life Um, and you know she doesn't trust Jedi she she thinks they're somewhat just as corrupt as the well they're not Jedi they're still young and she has a chance to teach them to be free, just to do basically anything that is right and all of that. Also, at the ends of Rebels, I think she actually comes back and she actually decides to become a better person than she was when she just ignored everything um, about the Jedi and all that. She I came will, around because of Ezra, because of Kanan. I will say, though, AJ, she made a good point. She had a good reason to why she didn't trust them. Yeah, one. I, I agree with that one hundred percent. But because, like I said, because of Ezra and because of Kanan, she came back around, and she believed that there are still good in Jedi, um, but they're still misguided. Maybe she wants to change that. Very much so. There's a reason why the gray Jedi existed. It was because there's definitely some gray area between um, the light and the dark. Um, 
and the middle ground was definitely the Grey Jedi, I would say. But uh, Tia, what, what did you want to add to this? We see the end of the episode. Um, we see Baby Yoda petting the, uh, the tadpole. He's like, I love how he looks up at Frog Lady like, I pet, I don't eat, I pet, right? Okay, I pet it. Um, and then the most adorable part of the episode is definitely uh, the huge monster, well, not the huge monster, but the monster trying to eat uh, or, or, or bite Baby Yoda at the end. And Mando just snatches it right out of the right out of air. <laughs> Baby well, this like, goes to show you, like, it goes to show you, like, how on top of being a parent Mando is. He wasn't even looking, and he knew, like, there's something that could potentially hurt Baby. Mm. You know what I thought? I legit thought he's been around Baby Yoda so much. He knows, like, what his <laughs> and like, like he knows when it's a coup to where he's happy. Or he's sad, or he's scared, and I kind of feel like he sensed it. It's like there's no other way he he saw that thing. Um, and also, I, I'm gonna keep saying this till we get more answers about it. It will forever piss me off how terrified this kid is of things like that. But when he comes against fire, or you know, and sword fire, he comes against somebody trying to hurt Mando. Oh, I got that down pat. But when something's attacking him personally. He gets so scared. And I'm like, Yoda, you're so strong. Like, you could kill this little thing. Because he's just a baby still. He's just a baby still. So he still has those baby sort of instincts. No, I, you know, um, whatchamacallit, with um, Bo-Katan mentioning Ahsoka Tano's name was definitely cool because even though I haven't really watched the cartoons or anything, I think it's awesome that they're bringing more of these characters from the cartoons into a live action capacity. Um, And the ending was a great ending with Mando going to get Baby Yoda. Again, it wasn't the horror show that I thought it was going to be when he came back. Everything seemed in order. Um, And I liked how Baby Yoda was, in fact, trying to stay with the tadpole as Mando was pulling him away. He kind of looked like, no, I don't want to go yet. It's like when your parent picked you up for a play date and you're like, no, I have time still. Um, And Mando saying the line, I have enough pets. I don't need any more. Um, You give me stress enough. Um, so it was great I'm really excited for next week's episode if they because again like last week's episode wasn't bad it was just really it was filler and now that we got this really cool episode I want to keep the momentum up and I hope that next week's episode regardless if it's the episode where he runs into Ahsoka or not is just as good and I definitely hope we see more of Bo-Katan and I kind of what I want to see with Mando I want them to take a take a beat for a second to have Mando kind of really think about how he was raised and question now knowing that things aren't the you know this whole this is the way isn't the way um which by the way i loved how Bo kind of threw that a little in his face at the end where she was just like this is the way um that was great but i want to see mando really just stopping and and reevaluating his beliefs and wondering if he wasn't thought 
incorrectly this whole time because as uh bo katan said they're a cult of like over religious zealots i mean no one ever wants to be called that you know, that's not something to kind of skirt over so that's something i'm really hoping gets explored throughout this season it'll be tough because remember um if the armorer tells him the way is the way he'll yeah. honor it purely because they gave him a home when really no one else would have and he could have died where he was at um, along with his parents so it's one of those things where it's like I, I can pretty much say I think he'll be more I think this season will be the last time he sees a Mandalorian take their helmet off and he gets like shell shocked um, but I definitely believe he will still honor his ways and consider those ways the truest ways of the Mandalorians because that's just how he was raised um, well yeah it, and more open to other ways of, of Mandalorian and by now like we as the fans are so used to him having the helmet on um not that any of us would complain seeing more of pedro pascal's face but um you know this is how we're so used to seeing this character but it's for me and i understand completely him um you know, honoring how he was raised and still respecting that these are the people who gave him a home when he didn't have a home. But it's something to be explored of how far is the extent of being a Mandalorian? Is it just in the beliefs of this, of the watch? Or is Mandalorian extended much more in the actual culture of the Mandalorian? So that, that's what it is for me. I will definitely say, again, pre Vizsla uh, character in Star Wars The Clone Wars did a great job breaking down the history of the Mandalorians. Definitely, Tia, please give the, the cartoon a chance. When you get Do you know, actually, today I started re-watching it. I got a few episodes in, and then I started watching The Queen's Gambit on Netflix and stopped. But I, I, did, I did start. It's, it's very good. I breezed through it today. It's amazing. But I started back up with Clone Wars. And it's funny because uh, definitely the first episode or two, I was like, I've certainly watched this. Like, it, it jogged my memory back up. Yeah, it's it's so 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 freaking good. Yoda's cute. Yoda's cute in that. You know, he's he's cute as a cartoon. Older Yoda. <laughs> oh yeah, he's way more adorable in the cartoon than you'd ever want to see him in the um in live action. But no, um, I, I will say to you, watching especially, um, AJ, what what is it? Season two or season three? I think of Clone Wars where we first see um, Obi-Wan interact with um, Duchess Satine and Pre Vizsla, they give a very extensive history on what Mandalore is. And you get a little bit of a background on the Darksaber um, from P Pre Vizsla's uh, point of view. So they give you a lot of what you can kind of understand about the ways of the Mandalorians. It's just you don't have to attribute it to the show because – as we know, his beliefs are different. Um, but it just gives you a, a wider, broader view of, of the Mandalorians. But AJ, as we wrap this up, what are you looking forward to the most from uh, this next week's episode? Mm. 
Uh, okay, uh, just Ahsoka. <laughs> I just want to see Ahsoka in action, basically. Uh, if, to be honest, I hope if he's not on the planet with Ahsoka and he's still traveling or on another planet because his ship is so messed up, um, I would rather it be a filler type episode just focusing on Ahsoka, basically. Of course you would, AJ. Hey. Of course you would. Of course you would want an episode just catered to yourself itself. Yeah. Um, if I can't get an episode that's just Bo-Katan, you can't get one that's just Ahsoka. You can. It's called Clone Wars. You can't. Clone, <laughs> all Clone Wars was was Ahsoka. Shut up, AJ. Um, I need more. You need more. I got one season in like three seconds of Bo-Katan in, the, in that cartoon. And you got a whole series and a movie about Ahsoka. And I need more. You are like I said, goddess. You are so you know what? I can't even blame you. That's how I view Batman. Give me everything, Batman. Um, but all right, this was a great episode. I'm glad we broke this down. Tia, was there anything else about the Mandalorians or anything that um that you had any, any questions about? Because me and AJ could talk about the Mandalorians like, like for years. No, I think that I'm like now understanding that um, Bo-Katan's character and the two others are legit Mandalorians. They aren't just people wearing the Mandalorian armor, say like Cobb Vanth was. It's just that they're from Mandalore and Mando's part of this separate religious sect. And so I guess I'm understanding that a little bit more there. Whereas, because you know, the thing is, is that the show in the past. Uh, has made such a point of going well anyone who takes their helmet off isn't a real Mandalorian and this episode was like you know they are the most real Mandalorians there is <laughs> it's well, the purest form that we know uh, it's not the purest form within their, their cult but we've only known the Mandalorians that often take off their helmets in the yeah. comics or, or, what, or whatever it was Favreau that went into this deep mythology of the idea of there's a core of Mandalorians that are like, um, uh, what's his name from uh, Master Chief from Halo. They don't ever show their face to other people. Uh, they take it off, but it's when they're alone. Um, so that's the idea that Favreau went into like the deepest depth of the idea of that. But anybody that's ever read the comics or watched the cartoon, we've only known the Mandalorians that, often take off their mask okay yeah that was the number one thing um that i had wanted cleared up but i think from talking to you guys throughout this review it's been cleared up to me it's just awesome i i love it um and i certainly hope that we get to see a confrontation between din and um the armorer and see where that comes from if there's some questioning or anything um which also kind so remember at the end of the first season where it was revealed that all those other mandalorians had taken off their armor and helmets and fled you know to save their lives obviously and it was made to seem as if okay well now they can never be mandalorians again and it's like mando kind of now knows that's not true like you can take your your armor off and stuff like that. So I don't know. There's so much there. Yeah. Before I go into that, AJ, did, did were you trying to say something? 
Uh, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tia, it, it's one of those things where it's like um, his, his world is being expanded from what he thought was the right way to go about being a Mandalorian. He's starting to understand it's not just one, like you guys aren't the de facto of all of Mandalore. Um, and, and again, you can't fault him. He, he's only going off of what he was raised. Uh, I mean, what he was taught. Um, so, you know, they, the armor did a really good job raising him. I mean, he believes what he believes. There's nothing else. Blind yeah. Faith. And, and AJ brought up a good analogy with, say, Christianity. I mean, I'm a Catholic and my traditions are different from those who are Baptist, Methodist, uh, the seven day Adventist, you know, there's so many. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, okay. This is really weird. I only learned about that section of Christianity like last year when a coworker of mine, she was that. So I'm see that, with me. I was born a Christian, but I, I'm still, am a Christian, but I went to a school that was seven day Adventist. So <laughs> yeah, I never even knew about that um, until last year and a coworker started working and she mentioned um, not being able to go out on Friday because mm-hmm. Saturday being the Sabbath. And I was like, wait, it's Sunday though. <laughs> and she was like, no. So anyway, that my whole point in bringing that up is that there you go. That's all Christianity, but differences between all of them so uh, bringing that analogy up and you can say that as far as any religion goes jewish islam um so many other religions there's always different uh sections and traditions and stuff like that so that's a good way to kind of put it for mandalorian as well yeah and i will say um outside of two weeks ago um, there's only ever been one case of a fraud Mandalorian, and that's ever that's only ever been the feds. Um, so it's not something, Tia, if we, we should ever expect seeing going forward. Um, well, Cobb, no, no, Cobb no, wasn't a... he was he was the one blimp in the in the the history of like fake Mandalorians. The feds are the 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 most uh, prominent fake Mandalorians. Um, but it's not often because remember to lose your you may not know that you'll learn this Tia watching Star Wars the Clone Wars but there uh, AJ knows this there is a creed you do not lose your lightsaber your lightsaber is to be on your person at all it is your life it is your life it is an extension of you you will see in the show Ahsoka lose it often Um, (laughs) (laughs) um so much like Anakin. much like Anakin, that's why Yoda was so smart to pair them together um, in, in the movie. But you, uh, Tia, the Mandalorians view their armor the same way Jedi view their their lightsabers. It's it's an extension of you. So to have someone that's not a Mandalorian wearing that armor, you're both disgusted at uh, the fraudulence, but you're also disgusted and ashamed for the the person that lost their armor. Um, Cause it's like, yeah, how do you, how'd you let him jack your armor? Like what the hell is this? Um, so you, you'll definitely learn all this when, when, as you watch the show, Filoni does a great job. I'll tell you this to you. This show only exists because Filoni did as great of a job as he did introing the Mandalorians into star Wars, the clone wars. 
in really kind of hyping up the the um the interests of of those characters, Pre Vizsla, Bo Katan, um, characters like that. Um, so everything you see in the Mandalorian is literally footprints of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. That's why Easter eggs like Ahsoka stand out. That's why the dark saber stands out. Um, Cause that's where a lot of us saw it, saw, learned all this from is from that cartoon. Um, so as you watch it, you'll, you'll, I promise you, you'll fall in love. Ahsoka is the best Star Wars character ever created. Honestly, she is, she's legit. I compare Ahsoka. Ahsoka is the heart of Star Wars. Like I think Miles Miles Morales is the heart of, of, of Marvel. Uh, it's funny you say that. Um, there's something that I had read like a while ago back when um, Rise of Sk- the Skywalker came out. Someone online had mentioned that um, kind of listening to fans isn't the greatest thing. And they use the analogy of when Ahsoka was first introduced, she wasn't... Pr- and this is only what was in the post right i'm not saying this no it's 100 true that ahsoka wasn't really liked at first but but then you know they just kept putting her there and growing her instead of kind of like say getting rid of her like maybe some fans wanted and then now she's as you guys even say one of the most beloved characters ever that's why in last week's episode, I just kept saying, do not listen to the fans. I, I, was, <laughs> I was legit getting mad because um, Kathleen Kennedy and everybody in Star Wars right now has so many great writers, but they just keep listening to fans and trying to keep following the way George Lucas was doing it. And his ways are flaws. Are, they're, they're not flawless. Flawed. They're very flawed. And it's they need to flawed. just stick with their their own knowledge of star wars and expand on that it's not it's not that hard you have good writers use them i will say ahsoka is a character i i love since the movie Uh, i saw it with my stepdad i loved her my my stepdad was the worst aj he used to tell me he's like you know ahsoka's gonna die right And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, Order 66 happened, and, like, the only Jedi that survived, like, Obi-Wan and, it, uh, well, Obi-Wan and Yoda. Um, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's true. Oh, my God, Ahsoka's going to die. And then, obviously, as I got older, um, I'm like, screw you, Greg. Ahsoka's not going to die. Look, ha, she's still alive. <laughs> but I will say, Tia, that's very true. She was very hated. I blocked John Campia. <laughs> his ignorant stance against Ahsoka battling Darth Maul um, and his non-progressive ways to the idea that this character that I, I don't know Dave Filoni has been developing since like 2006 um, the idea that she could even remotely be strong enough to take on Darth Maul I'm like what is the point of growing a character if they never get stronger like, I was never on social media at that time so I was good to go no, 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 no. AJ, John Campia said this when the trailer came out where Ahsoka was battling Darth Maul. He was like, oh, I'll be done with this show if you do something stupid like have Ahsoka uh-huh. defeat somebody powerful like Darth Maul. And I'm like, yo, you sound so stupid, bro. <laughs> so stupid. I blocked him because I'm like, I don't have time for stupid people like that. Um, but no, it, it's very true to you. People hated her. And she was very annoying. She was so annoying. But people, people hated Ahsoka the same way they hated Hayden Christensen's Anakin. 
So to me, who grew up loving his Anakin, I didn't think he was too whiny. I, I, I said to myself, if there is an Anakin out of those three movies that is the worst, it's definitely Attack of the Clone oh. Anakin. Um, but I thought he redeemed himself in Revenge of the Sith. There was no whininess in that. He was very good turning himself from a devout Jedi to kind of questioning everything to becoming one of the greatest Sith Lords ever. Uh, I thought Hayden did a great job rebounding from that horrible performance in Attack of the Clones. Um, but yeah, I, I would say Hayden Christensen's the only reason why I love Kylo. They're like a mirror of each other. Um, but yeah, I, I loved Ahsoka from the first time I watched the movie. Um, I would actually suggest to you, Tia... What movie are you talking about? Literally called Star Wars uh, The Clone Wars. <laughs> it's literally called Star Wars The Clone Wars. It's the movie that sets up the show. Mm, okay. Well, your introduction to Ahsoka is in that movie. You, you're introduced to Ahsoka, Asajj Ventress, Count Dooku, all those characters, and then boom, you get the show right after the movie. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, because... It's so funny because Anakin did not want Ahsoka. He hated Ahsoka. Um, he even he even gave her the nickname AJ. You remember the the nickname Snips? Snips. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that's in the first episode. I like when I was watching it today. He was like, "Come on, Snips." <laughs> got the nickname because she was so snippy. Um, and he kept saying, "Stop getting so snippy with me." So as like they became closer throughout the movie. He just gave her the nickname Snips, and it just stuck, and that's where she got her nickname from. But originally, Ahsoka was supposed to be Obi Wan's Padawan, but Obi Wan was like, "I fucking nope. got Anakin." Like, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> like, yo, I got, I had to deal with Anakin since he was like six years old. I'm not doing this shit again. And then Yoda was like, "Ah, oh, that's a good point. All right, Anakin, it's yours." It was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and Anakin was not a fan of it at all. But when you watch it, see, it's hilarious to see how much. Anakin didn't like her um, in that movie. And then to see how Anakin felt when she left the Jedi Order. Like, just to see the, the, you know, the progression of that, of their relationship, is so beautiful. And it's why I wish Dave Filoni was able to handle Star Wars uh, back when the, the prequels came out. Because my biggest question was, and I, I said it to AJ when we watched season seven end, I was like, damn, I really wish they showed us if Anakin ever took Ahsoka into thought when he was, be you know, when he was embracing the dark side. Like, we know in the movie, he only thought about saving Padme. That was the only reason why he was interested in it. But when you watch the show, he loved Ahsoka so much that I find it hard to believe that he didn't even give her one moment of thought before he transitioned to the dark side. Um... So, you know, that was always something I wanted the show to answer, but it never did. Um, but, yeah, definitely check out the movie and then the series. And I'm telling you, you will appreciate The Mandalorian so much more this season because it fills in so many different – it fills in so many blanks uh, that you might have, you know, not watching the uh, – not have watched the show. Um, but, AJ, I definitely have to say I hope this episode was a backdoor pilot for Bo-Katan to get her own show. Yeah, uh, I agree. We need it. And if you're Dave Filoni and she gets her own show, you literally have from the end of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, to this episode of Canvas to give us. 
So you have all that storyline you can give us of, of Bo-Katan. What happened to her after Clone, after Order 66? What happened to her, you know, uh, during the rise of the Empire? And then what happened to her during the, the fall of the Empire? So you have so much canvas to go through with Bo-Katan and her character. Um, it's just a blank canvas. Um, so I would love to see him play around with that. And I'm with you, AJ. Give Ahsoka and uh, Sabine, if she's still alive, uh, their own show, their own live-action show. Uh, we love Ahsoka. The more we get, the better. I'm always up. If prequels, if we get prequel stories on Disney Plus as a series, I don't mind it. As long as we get like new content and movies, it's a, it's a win-win for, for fans that love prequels and it's a fan that wants new things. It, I think it's just a win-win. And you're lucky because you can use the Skywalker saga without using any of the characters from the Skywalker saga, yeah. if you understand what I'm saying. So it's it, it's a win-win because people will always go back to the um, the Skywalker saga because it's all we know until we get more. Um, but again, great episode. Great time reviewing this with you guys. We are all hyped for next week's episode. I think we all would have loved a short little snippet to see what, we're, what we can expect from next week. Um, we know we won't get it, but... We still haven't gotten the first look of Ahsoka, haven't we? Huh? We still haven't gotten the first look of Ahsoka, didn't we? No, and I don't think we will, because remember, we didn't, uh... we didn't get one of Bo-Katan. It was supposed to be a surprise. So I don't think we'll we'll, we'll see it, but um, they're keeping it close to their chest, you know. I well, they, say that. they should not I'd, do that. I say they're keeping it in their chest. Um, <laughs> literally, this was. Uh, uh, I know they're suffocating. They should just give it to me, just me, <laughs> just, just me. Uh, Katie being Bo-Katan was a rumor that was made, um, that was confirmed by the major trades. But Disney never came out. Katie never said anything. Disney never said anything. Um, so they're they're holding it in their chest. They want they want us to be as surprised as possible. Which to me, I'm always game for. Surprise the hell out of me. I, I'll take it. Um, I just kind of want to get a feeling of what's to come. But unfortunately, they do not do that shit over in Disney. We will have to see it when we see it. Um, but I thought between last week's episode and the wait to this week's episode was going to feel like forever. Oh my God. To get to next Friday is going to feel like years. <laughs> um, but hopefully it, it comes a lot quicker than that. I, I wanted to ask you this before we, we, we log off. Do you guys think they're going to air the, the new episode, the, the week of Thanksgiving? Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, I think they actually have the whole schedule out. They do. I think so. I'm gonna check right now. I only asked that to you. I, I, I'll say this while you're looking, AJ. I only asked that to you because um, a lot of people might forget, like, oh shit, that's right. You know, because the the whole festivities of the Thanksgiving weekend. I, I I don't know if anyone. Yeah, but I feel like it's the perfect time, right? Like Thursday, you stuff your face, like, and you drink a lot, and then the next day you're in bed, you got the itis still, and you're like, oh, you know what's a great thing to do? Put on some TV, and then you can watch uh, The Mandalorian on Friday. Like, no one's going, I mean, I don't want to say no one's going to the stores for Black Friday, but I hope, like, 
the lot of people aren't going to the stores for Black Friday. We don't need to do that anymore. We don't need to do that anymore. That's all online. I'm going to tell you this right now. If even one of these stores says, hey, not only are we open, but we have the PS5s, not only will people go, the murder rate for whatever state Black Friday will rise. Um, but no, I mean, you make a great point. I'm just saying, I know usually national television kind of gives that, that, that week off and comes back the following week. So I'm like, I, I don't, I don't remember what streaming services do around the holidays. Like, I don't remember a big show coming out around Thanksgiving or Christmas. That was, um, like a Netflix or Hulu exclusive. I don't remember. I'm not saying it, it never has. I just don't personally remember it. So I'm just curious to see how they play it off. Yeah, no, it'll certainly be interesting. Um, I hope they premiere it on the Friday because I'll be one of those people that ate too much and drank too much and wants to watch some TV on Friday. <laughs> well, luckily, what I'm going to do is, and it's going to be hard, but you know, I- I'll I'll survive. I'm going to hold off the Queen's Gambit for that Friday. Um, uh, it was really good, John. It's only seven episodes. It's very smart. Um, and I'll tell you what. Anya Taylor, I don't know her full Joy. name. Joy, Joy. sorry. Anya Taylor Joy. She's so good in it. It made me realize she needs to be in more. Um, she was a force in that show. It was so impressive. And I was a little iffy about her playing Furiosa just because I felt that, you know, Charlize Theron is so amazing in that role but now having seen her in this show i'm like she has a very nice career ahead of her well i tell you what she blew me away in split that's what i knew she could act Mm. um she was easily hands down and it's hard to say because james mcavoy again should have been nominated for that yeah he was fucking i thought she hands down was the best actor in that movie i didn't realize she was in split and i saw split yeah, she was the she was the girl she was the um the chosen one or whatever he kept calling. She her. was the main character in it. Yeah. Oh shit. I guess that was before I knew like who she was. Like yeah. the only person I knew in that really was James McAvoy. Oh no 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 no! Don't get me wrong. I had no idea who she was till I saw the movie. Um, like I I don't think she was in anything be- before that. I think that was her first big break. Mm. Um, after- oh yeah, you're right. You're right. That's her. Yeah, she was great in it. After seeing her in that movie, I remember telling my dad, like, she's next up. Like, I don't know when, but she's next up. (laughs) No, she is. Honestly, Queen's Gambit is great. I didn't see New Mutants, and obviously the reviews were mixed for it, but I did see a lot of people, no matter how they felt about the actual movie, praised her as her character. The movie was average, but the people in it were actually pretty good. I plan on renting it, AJ, this Tuesday. Um, so maybe we can um, maybe do a review for it. I don't think any of us uh, has done one, like a, a, a podcast for it. No. Uh, so I think I'm going to check it out when it comes out on DVD Tuesday. I'm going to rent it um, and, you know, finally give my, my take on the movie that I said numerous times should be thrown in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have the schedule though. out. Go ahead. So episode four. Starts November 20th, which is a Friday. Right. Um, then the 27th, then December 4th, okay. then December 11th, and then the final episode is December 18th. 
Okay, so then yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't skip Thanksgiving week. Okay. Um, all right. Just wanted to double check. Well, all right, guys. We um by the way, can I congratulate us? We've been doing one hour, like an hour and some change, obviously, but one hour podcasts. And the three of us are known for our three-hour podcast. <laughs> um, so I want to pat us on the back for, for not making these podcasts super long. Um, kudos to you guys. And kudos for us having great shows. This is another great episode of GVN Review of The Mandalorian, episode three, titled Chapter 11. Um, make sure you guys check out the episode if you have not. I've put on four people to The Mandalorian. Uh, I have nice. my cousin. Why uh, she's starting it tomorrow? Um, I got You're doing my- God's work. <laughs> you know, honestly, I'm like at this point, I deserve my interview with Dave Filoni. Oh, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday I put three people into the Old Republic cinematic stuff. Hey, all right, AJ, go ahead. <laughs> Let's throw that world, man, so we can get that show, bro. Um, or movie, however I can get it injected into yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, everybody continue to spread the word. Um, and, you know, here's to next week. We cannot wait. This will be a huge episode if it's the one that we expect. Um, but at this point, it has to be. There's no. You only have, like, what, five more episodes left, if, mm-hmm. if that. So it's like you don't have time to keep playing around uh Favreau, like don't nah. don't don't play with me. Give me what I want. Um, but all right, guys. Uh, we will see you guys next week, same time, same place. Till then, peace. Be safe, everyone. May the force be with you, <laughs> and also with you. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs>